Yeah, let's do it. Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Stanley. Hello, listeners, to another episode of the BS Car Guys podcast. Um, it is just Stanley and I tonight. No special guest in the studio this evening, although my daughter did just exit the building. Um, yes, she did. She, she was not on the recording tonight. Nothing to share. We do have a lot of um, intermingled content to share this evening. We have a few different segments to go through, and um, you know it'll probably take us an hour and a half. So buckle in and enjoy the conversation you know feel free to send us a letter or email or um smoke signal yeah messenger pigeon a raven yeah uh (laughs) and uh you know comment on our comments uh give us some feedback let us know what you'd like to hear what you want us to talk about if you want to be on the show yeah we're on facebook um, I have set up an Instagram page, but have yet to post anything because we're not very photogenic. Uh, I don't even know what that is. So there. Um, yeah, that's how that there works. You go. Hey, there you go. So uh, before before we get into car content, and we will get into a lot of car content uh, this week. You know, last week wasn't really car heavy, but, you know, it was car, it, we like talking to our friends. So, uh, hey, uh can you explain that OCD, whatever thing that you just tried to explain to me to everybody? Because I think it's yes. going to come in and it's going to be important. So I had made a comment to Stanley about how long it took me to reorganize some cables in my computer desk area. And he said that it was OCD. And not too long ago, you know, just a few months ago, I would have agreed with that comment that it's OCD. In fact, I used to make a joke pretty regularly um, that I don't have OCD, that I have CDO, which is like OCD, but it's in alphabetical order the way it should be. Um, but I was recently told by a counselor, a professional counselor, not not that I see one. We just have some friends that are counselors. And this came up as a topic of conversation. Um, that what I claim to be OCD tendencies are in fact not OCD. They're just um, quirky or peculiar or whatever you want to call them, but that OCD only applies to um, obsessive compulsive behavior with regard to an effort to save one's life. So clinically it is only obsessive compulsive disorder behavior when you are fearing that the thing you're obsessing about will either save your life or cause you to die. But it's always at the peril of oneself that makes it OCD. So if you obsessively, compulsively wash your hands, then that is a result of you thinking that getting the germs off will keep you alive. Um, But just simply liking all of your Blu-rays to be in alphabetical order by genre is actually not technically clinically OCD. And that was Bill's OCD explanation of his CDO. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm still going to make the joke that I have OCD because I think it's still funny to say it that way. But apparently I have been educated now that that was incorrect. So, or you could just call them billisms. Or yeah, that's right. Or you could just call them billisms. You, you know, 
we we have uh Kendra has a large family and um the oldest of all of the cousins kids his name's Isaac shout out Isaac he works on cars he he changes oil and does brakes and tire rotations and stuff at like a Napa um he's still in high school so he's like a you know side hustle and um anyway he, come on. yeah we, we might have to get him on sometime he he is way more country than either one of us um but anyway he um where was I even going with this story? I've completely lost track. Oh, so he Bill when he was yeah when he was little <laughs> when he was a little kid, uh, like I don't know, two three years old, he would stay at Kendra's grandparents' house, um, and they've both passed now. But um, they would always have the little Debbie zebra cakes in the house, and they would keep them in the house because I was a big fan of them. And so on Sundays after lunch, I would always have myself a zebra cake or two because two come in a package. Well, Isaac, being like a two or three year old, he thought they were Bill's cakes because I always ate them and he knew that I always ate them. And so when he was there and he wanted one, he would ask for a Bill's cake. Well, his grandparents on his dad's side of the family, so like not the side that we're all related to. Um, when they were keeping him one day, he kept asking for some Bill's cakes and they were like, we don't know what, what that is. What? <laughs> they went, they went to like three different grocery stores asking for Bill's cakes. And the people at the grocery store were like, dude, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Isaac, when you hear this, you should come on and explain your side of the Bill's cakes. And talk about, uh, you like, know, like he's what, gonna remember, like, uh, you, you know, maybe school us a little bit on what it's really like to be a mechanic in real life. But with all that said, uh, you want to talk about some car stuff? Yeah, let's talk about some car stuff. Where you want to start? You want to talk about with the uh, our summer debuts first, or you want to talk about your uh, journeys with an auto mechanic first, or let's talk do about... this. Let's open with a little, um, our automotive history. So today oh. I want to, yeah, because I'm gonna we're gonna do it all today. I'm telling you, we're all over the place. So today I want to highlight a gentleman by the name of McKinley, McKinley Thompson Jr. Do you know this name, Stanley? Not at all. Well, you should. McKinley John, McKinley Thompson Jr. was born November eighth, nineteen twenty two, and died. I should Mar- know him. That's a great day. And died November March eighth. 2006 he was the very first african-american automotive designer in the automotive industry wait a minute i think i know that dude hold up google keep keep talking no come on now if you google him you're gonna know everything all right Uh, all right so so he he actually um he graduated in high school in 1940. He joined the U.S. Army, served during World War II as an engineering design layout coordinator for the Army Signal Corps. Um, after the war, he applied for a scholarship. Now, this is crazy. He applied for a, co- a scholarship competition called From Dream to Drawing Board to Question Mark. Like, you know, like, what are you going to go to next? And this was mm-hmm. from the Art Center College of Design. And the whole competition was hosted by Motor Trend Magazine hmm. back in 1953. 
he won first place in the competition and he became the first African-American to ever attend the school. So he graduated in 1956 and he began working for Ford Motor Company. So he went to work for Ford Motor Company in 1956. He started working for their advanced studio, um, helping design numerous automotive concepts. And um, he was... I think I remember who he is. Who do you think he is? Do you remember? He's the dude that... Ford Bronco, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he helped design the exterior of the first Ford Bronco. He also helped with some initial renderings of the Ford Mustang. Um, he helped with, if you remember the Ford concept, that was the, um, Cougar two, that was supposed to be like their take on the Corvette. And it kind of looked like the Stingray, like the 1960s Corvette Stingray, like the C2 Corvette kind of had those lines to it. Um, no, but I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> but I thought this was really fa- fascinating to me. He, he actually spent 10 years, um, with another, I think it was an African-American baseball player. Um, But he, he, these two guys, they worked on designing this car called the Warrior. Have you ever heard of the Warrior? It was a concept. They only built like one of them. So they built the whole, they built the whole thing out of basically out of plastic, um, like plastic Mm. and fiberglass. And it was made out of like cheap, easy to repair, easy to get components. And it's a semi amphibious car. So it's basically like a tub is like a boat. And it sits kind of low, but it's also like an all-terrain vehicle. And the idea was is that they were going to use this car to um, populate like third world or growing nation countries in Africa um, to help them become mobile, but to be able to, you know, conquer the terrain of of remote Africa. Um, so it's really weird. It was based on like the chassis of a Renault 10. Um, but, but anyway, interesting car history first African-American automotive designer and worked at Ford and helped design the Bronco. So. All right. So I Googled this Cougar too. That is a pretty car. It's a pretty car, right? I mean, it rivals. <laughs> it's it's like that, a blend of the first generation Corvette and the second generation Corvette. That, that is a very, and that, that red color, that that's a pretty car. Yeah. Wow. Did, uh, thank did you, for you see the, me on that? Did you see the silver convertible one? If you're Googling the Cougar 2, I like the convertible. Uh, and I'm not even a convertible guy, but the convertible look cool. Uh, uh, but, yeah, um, that sounds like a great dude. You know, he Obviously, he blazed, um, uh, uh, opened up some paths for some people who probably didn't have the opportunity to do some things. Absolutely. And, I, I, you know, good at his job and a vet. And, you know, also had the greatest birthday ever. Uh, you know, why do we wait so long? I don't know. Day? I don't know. I mean, we know things that made on November the 8th are great. Oh, I see the silver one. Oh, it's in the background. Don't just show it to me in the background. Anywho, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then we set ourselves a little bit of a challenge for tonight. So our challenge was we had to find um, a usable sedan that we could drive for under seven thousand dollars did you have any luck i yes is it korean no is it japanese yes yeah me too um do you want to say it at the same time we might have bought the same car um 
I guarantee you we, we didn't buy the same car. I oh. am 100,000% sure we did not buy the same car. Okay. Um, but so the car I bought is a car that um, I actually am going to see tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> so this I'm might be to... literally a car you buy. Yeah, the car I bought is a car I'm going to go see to see tomorrow. I'm trying to make the picture big before I share the screen. It is a uh, it is a 1999 Acura RL 3.5. It is not exactly $7,000. It is currently priced at $8,899. However, Dude. this car has been listen, listen. Dude. This listen, listen. This car has made this show before a couple months ago. And it's still listed at the same price. And on a different web on their website and on a different website is listed for a thousand dollars less. So it's listed for seven thousand eight hundred ninety-nine dollars. And I guarantee you can get that car for under seven. That's why well, I then I you should go buy it for under seven. Because I I am going tomorrow. <laughs> I am dead serious. Going tomorrow. We uh, haven't done a buy a car for a set price challenge in literally months when we finally bring it out of retirement and what do you do you go and pick a car that's over budget um technically yes it is over Which, budget. technically there's no technically, technically to it it's, it's black or white no no this all gray area. negotiation is a thing um if you get that <laughs> car for under seven i'll let you have it, it we will go back well, and redact this and it, edit it in because it's gonna be under seven. It's, I'm, well, that's my goal. I'm gonna okay. remind you. Can you see it? Yes. All right. So this car is. Uh, why did it go away? I don't want it to go. Away. That's a good looking car. Um. So we need a third car. Um. Because uh, my daughter's moving around, and I'm tired of waking up at three o'clock in the morning and taking her to work. So are you Therefore, giving her an Acura? No, she's gonna drive our car, and I'll drive this car. Because mm, this car is super clean, and it's bigger, and it's bigger, and it's so fresh and so clean, clean. Are we putting a sub in the back? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. One of the reasons I like this car is because it is old enough. It does pretty has a pretty good prices. I mean, you do the you do the uh, the math. It's about six thousand miles a year, something like that. Um, and uh, it looks very clean. Hopefully, it runs very good. And uh, how many miles it have it got on it? It had, oh, I did not tell you that, did I? It has, let's go back one. Da, 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 da. It has 123,000 miles on it. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Well, my car is a little newer and has a little more miles, um, but not too dissimilar. So let me just go to my screen share here. Okay. There were other cars I could put in there, but I wanted to show you that car because I am legitimately going to see that car tomorrow. So, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, That's oh. a 2011 Acura TSX for $5,000 um, right up the road from me in Winston-Salem with 177,000 miles. And mm. it's also in pretty good shape. Hmm. That ain't bad. Is that a manual? No, it's not. I got excited too, but it's an automatic. It does have this issue here. I'm, 
uh, what you call it, uh, task kids can fix that. I mean, that's easy. Yeah, yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, long it looks like it's in good shape. That car ran the um the two point four uh four right uh four seven that the Honda still uses right. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, I mean them things them things run forever. I mean, so I, I I have a neighbor. I mean, Hondas and Toyotas. I mean, they have a reputation of running forever for a reason because if you take care of them, they will run forever. Uh, I can't always say that about uh the some of the American car uh cars on the road. And it's not because that they don't run well and they don't last longer than they used to. It's just the simple fact they earned a reputation of not making it to 100,000 miles. They they earned it over years. It's true. (laughs) It's very true. So let's talk about why we did this challenge. Yeah, because this is news to me. So go ahead. So we did this challenge. Yeah, did you breathe? (laughs) <laughs> we did this challenge because I recently spent the better part of two weeks driving a four-door sedan, which I had as a, a loaner um, from the Ford dealership. Mm-hmm. So as we discussed, you know, last year in November, I purchased a truck. I purchased a 2018 F-150 um, Lariat with a towing package and the three-liter diesel engine made by Jaguar Land Rover well, I take that back. Made by Ford for Jaguar Land Rover um, of Europe, and you know they use the engine there. So, mm-hmm. in February, my truck developed two issues, um, mm-hmm. both roughly connected to the drivetrain. Uh, one one issue was that the front differential started to make a bit of a grinding noise. Um, just a low speed, like more like a, a growl almost. Um, and I knew that it wasn't a CV joint or anything like that because it didn't, it didn't load up, you know, when you steer and turn into it and, and load up a joint, it, it never changed pitch. It was always the same. Um, it would just change speed, um, as you change speed. And with the diesel, you really could only hear it when you coasted. Anyway, that's a lot of information. So come to find out it was, you know, I I took it to the dealership and I said, I suspect it's the front differential. I need you to, you know, dig into it and see what's going on. The other issue at the same time was I had gotten a check engine light and I, I have like a little scanner. And so, of course, I just plugged my scanner in to see what it was because the truck didn't go into limp mode. Nothing unusual happened. It just check engine light came on when i first cranked did you say how much you uh how many miles was on this truck when you this all started this all started like right around 50 let's say fifty-two thousand miles or so and um and so i took it to the dealership you know like all right so i got this check engine light i checked the code on it it says that it's a fault with the um active grill shutters Uh, so the diesel trucks now they have like powered grill shutters so in the winter time they can close and get a little more heat built up in the uh, coolant system to get the engine up to temperature so you're not damaging your engine on a cold engine so mm-hmm. anyway essentially what was happening was when the truck first starts those shutters run through like a little homing cycle mm-hmm. and on occasion it would fault out and say 
they weren't working. Even though you could like crank the truck and run to the front of the truck and look through the bumper and watch them move and see that they were functioning correctly, it was something was telling the car that they weren't working correctly. Okay. So I took it to the dealership with all this information. I said, I want you to check both these items, see what we got going on. So the information that came back was first, the differential, the bearings in the differential had delaminated, um, were starting to pit. So some material like surface metal was coming off the bearings and that material then floating around in the front diff destroyed all the bearings and the seals. So I had to have the entire front differential rebuilt, um, was not covered under warranty, which strikes me as odd because it's like a 60,000 mile powertrain warranty, but they don't consider the front differential covered under the powertrain. I, I, so you can catch your breath. I actually, uh, we are actually having this issue right now with a, uh, uh, one of the Marines that I work with. He purchased a vehicle, and I, we're going to talk about that horror story when we come to a conclusion on that. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, I know we we probably listening know how tools work and like to work on tools and stuff. But if you buy a vehicle with a warranty, understand what it covers, because yes. it, differentials, bearings, and stuff like that for some reasons aren't a part a part of the powertrain, which. I understand a mechanic is going to get over here and explain it to me at some time, but I don't, I don't agree. But continue, right. I'll start. So, so I paid to have the front differential rebuilt. At the same time, they came back and said, "Your um, the little motor, it's like a little stepper motor, you know, like a little solenoid um, that controls the 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 motion of those grill shutters. That's bad." Um, and that's also not covered under warranty. So I, pay, I paid for both of those items. Um, the front diff rebuild was like 1500 bucks, And the the little motor parts and labor was like, I think it was like close to $300. So, so I paid for all that stuff. Um, I got in the truck to leave when they called and told me it was ready to be picked up. I got in the truck to leave, had my daughter with me. And we didn't even make it to the stoplight that's like maybe 150 yards from the dealership. So I barely got up to like 30 miles an hour, maybe. And I was like, no, this differential is the vibration is now louder and I can feel it in the steering wheel. So I, mm-hmm. I just turned around and went back. I was like, no, I don't know what you guys did. I don't know if there's a backlash procedure for putting all the bearings together you know, I don't know because I'm not a mechanic. I'm not certified. Something's not right. It's now worse. And I can feel it in the steering wheel, like vibrate the steering wheel, which I never felt it before. Um, mm-hmm. So I need you to figure out what's going on. So they came back and said, oh, well, your wheel bearings are bad. And I was like, look, I don't I don't buy that replacing, rebuilding a front differential just. Major wheel bearings bad. Right. Now, I believe that if a tech had to take everything out of the front diff and put it all back together, that he might have damaged the front wheel bearings. But I'm not paying for that. Or did it wrong. I mean, it's totally possible. I said, but I'm just, I'm not paying for that. So we had a discussion about it and they replaced them. And I I didn't pay for that. They did the right thing. Um, Because I'm pretty sure their tech probably owned up to something didn't go exactly according to plan. 
or they took it all apart and put it back together and did it correctly the second time and it and it wasn't making the noise anymore. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is I didn't have to pay for anything else and they they fixed it so that it went or away. You figured they would have drove the vehicle once to make sure everything was working right before they caused you and told you it was done, but you know. Yes. Well, okay, so and I did get a when they called to tell me they were gonna fix it and not charge me, I was told that it should have never left the dealership like that. They did kind of own up to that. So, um, so anyway, so we picked it up and then immediately went camping, right? I had rented a side-by-side and we were going to go camping for the weekend. This was Memorial Day weekend. Like, so I picked it up on Thursday night and we left on Friday and we went all the way to Tennessee and got to the campground and parked and then i got in the truck to move the truck and cranked it and check engine light came back on uh. so i called the dealership back up after we got home and was like hey my check engine light came back on it's still the same code being thrown the same exact issue you know it thinks that the things aren't moving when they're moving whatever um gonna need to bring it back so take it back and they keep it for three or four days and they come back and they say, okay, we're going to have to order it. Ford says, cause I guess at this point it's beyond their skill level. So now they're dependent upon a tech via the phone and internet from Ford, um, who says it's the PCM. So it's the control module for, I guess that whole portion of, of the engine management. That's bad, and that's going to have to be replaced. But, hey, good news, that control module covered under warranty. It's like, okay, great. So I, I keep driving my truck for another couple of weeks. Park comes in, take it back down there, drop it off. They replace the PCM, but the check engine light comes back on, doesn't fix it. They call and tell me that. So then they say, we're going to have to keep it for a couple more days to diagnose things. So this is when this is when I got myself into like the beginnings of there's going to be an issue. Because I asked the part, the service manager, I assume she's a service manager. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, so I replaced a $250 part that did nothing. Why did I have to pay for that? Can we put the old one back on since that clearly didn't make any difference? Oh, no, you needed that. Okay. Mm. Let me just go ahead and tell you, I didn't need that part. Right? I I did service work for almost six years on machine tools, um, using a part for testing and then making the customer pay for that part when they didn't need it is not the correct way to do things. So. So anyway, I said, well, I don't believe you, but we're going to have that conversation. We're, we're going to put that off till you get my truck fixed, and then we'll talk about it. So they said, well, we're going to have to keep your truck for a week and run some more tests and try some things. I said, okay, cool. So kept my truck, and um, they called back and said, well, Ford had us try, like, running a, I don't remember what word they used, but basically they bypassed that whole entire system and they still yeah. got a fault. 
Um, so they said, you need a, a whole new complete engine wiring harness for the whole truck. Mm, I was thinking that, but. And it's a two-part wiring harness. One part of it's on back order. We don't know when we'll get it in. And it's not covered under warranty. And the parts are, is $2,200. So I oh, said. Is this the place you bought that truck from? Yes. Okay. Just checking. So, so I said, okay. Um, I said, I'm going to call Ford right now and start a case. And I will have them expedite order a part. And then we'll circle back to a conversation about who's paying for what. So I called Ford and I started a case and I expedited the order of the parts. And then I sent a letter or an email to the dealership and and said, (laughs) well, and said, this is me informing you in writing that this is the fourth visit for my vehicle in a 12 month period to fix the same problem unsuccessfully. I have now not had my vehicle for greater than 20 days in a 12 month period. I have now officially met both criteria to qualify under North Carolina lemon law. I like my truck and I want to keep my truck. And I feel that this is not a major issue with my truck, but I'm giving you the option to decide where we go next. If you want to purchase my truck, which I bought, if you want to purchase it, right. If you want to purchase it back from me, we can, or you can continue with a parts like a shotgunning throwing parts approach, but you, the dealership will need to plan to subsidize that research project. I will not subsidize purchasing parts that don't fix a problem that you can then inventory or do whatever with, but then I'm out the money. I said, because at this point I have zero faith that what you're telling me is going to actually fix it. And I'm not willing to pay $2,200 to test a theory to get yeah. no return on. So it took a couple of days for them to think on it, which I understand. And they came back and said, okay, we're going to buy the parts. We're going to finish fixing your truck and we're not going to charge you anything regardless of what we find it takes to fix it because they know it's going to be cheaper than $52,000. So they're going to fix it because they don't want to buy my truck back. So yeah. So a couple of days go by, well, I guess a week goes by and they called me last week and said, we got your truck fixed. You can come pick it up. And I said, oh, great. I said, so I guess the wiring harness fixed it. There was like an audible, like silence over the phone for three <laughs> seconds before she said, no, actually, it didn't fix it. We had to order an entire new grill shutter assembly for basically the whole front of the truck. That fixed it. And I said, okay, I'll be down there later to pick it up. So I have my truck back. I still spent 250 bucks on a part that I didn't need, and I'm not happy about it. But at the end of the day, the dealership did step up and do you know, what should have been done without even thinking about it 
right from the get-go. Um, but dealerships are in this thing to make as much profit as humanly possible. And if they think the person on the other end of the counter is dumb enough to write the check, they're just going to say, you owe them the money. And I just wasn't willing to be that guy when I knew better. And I think people should know better. Like you should go into it and educate yourselves about the situation and, you know, be prepared to fight for what you know you shouldn't have to pay for when you know you're in the right. That, that's the whole key. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm going to give you a, a little applause because I knew that took a whole lot to take some of that vinegar out. No, I mean, listen, I gave most of it to, to the dealership. Like I, I, you know, they had already heard my frustration in my conversations with them. You know, I, I mean, and, and, and listen, they were, they were understanding of it. I mean, I'm not trying to throw this dealership under the bus. You know, they, they were trying to make a buck. Sure. But when forced to realize where they were putting a person, you know, a, a customer, um, they made the right decision. You know, they handled it the way they should have. Um, they, they could have easily come back and said, we're not going to honor anything, go get a lawyer. And then I would have, and they would have lost because I did meet all the requ requirements. I did my research. Um, but you know, they knew to do the right thing. Um, so, so anyway, that's that. Well, so all of that to say, during right, this like get there, you get two there, week period, before get, yeah. Before you get there, uh, um, this is also a uh, 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 um, what's what's the word? A testament, maybe a, a a a story that uh you know what? I'm just not fancy words. So if you're listening to this and you have you know somebody, or if this is you yourself, like Bill said, you should fight for the things that you know is right. Also, in this situation, I don't think that you may, you know, see that's that's the that's the, the that's the thing in you <laughs> that uh that uh, uh that is looking for the the brighter side of things. I don't think they made the the right decision the right decision for the right reasons. I think they made a financial decision because they didn't want to give you fifty three thousand dollars. Well, yeah, that's probably <laughs> what it was. I'm sure. Now. How they came across that across that right decision is kind of irrelevant to me. But what ex dealership I know that if it was somebody else that wouldn't have sent that letter, and you could have, and you just felt like fighting it, oh, you 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 still be out of a truck right now, and they still be wanting you to pay for uh, and all those things. But anyway, I'm glad it kind of worked out. But anyway, tell us about the sedan that you were driving while you were uh, without the truck. Which I commend you for driving a sedan while you look at you. Well, you don't. You just wait. You just wait. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Are you ready for what the sedan was? Yeah, yeah. It was a 2019, so I'm pretty sure final year, um, Ford Fusion <laughs> hybrid. <laughs> Did they like go as like? What is the worst car, the car that we can give him that will frustrate him the most? Oof. Let me tell you. Every time I got, every time I got in that car and I turned the on button on and no sound happened, I was like, 
just every single, I mean, it was like me pushing that button automatically accompanied a gratuitous eye roll of like, oh, I cannot believe I am driving a flipping hybrid. So I commuted Uh around in a hybrid for two weeks. Uh And the worst fuel economy I got was 43 miles to the gallon. (laughs) The best, the best fuel economy I got going to Raleigh was 51 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Because I turned it into a game of hyper myelin just to see just how efficient I could do it. I accelerated as slow as humanly possible. I got people honking and mad at me. And like, I was like a 90 year old man. I left an hour earlier than I needed to. I was like doing exactly the speed limit. And you know, the, the Ford fusion hybrid has a, like a chart on the dash that will like tell you if you're cruising, your braking and your acceleration are being efficient for the vehicle. And I was trying to like max all three of those bars out. And I came home and I told Kendra, I was like, you know, that was a fun game. Like for a day in the car, it was fun. I would have to convince myself to play that game every day for like a year before I think I would change my driving behavior because uh-huh. the the moment I stopped like consciously thinking about doing it, I was in the throttle and taken off like I normally would drive. And, mm-hmm. you know, my bar and went down to nothing. Got, and then you still got 40 something miles a gallon when you're doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So having driven that car around for two weeks, I was like, you know, I could probably drive a sedan and be fine with it. Maybe not this sedan, um, but I could drive a sedan and be okay with it for the fuel economy. You know, that part was nice, getting good fuel economy. Being able to park it in a parking deck at NC State was nice. Um, (laughs) Where, by the way, I got a parking ticket um, for for $0.00 and 0 cents because I had a special pass for a day to be there but I got a parking ticket because I backed into my parking spot and I didn't have a, this was the letter of the ticket reversed into parking spot without a matching legible front license plate. So what that translates to is rental cop parking ticket meter made person had to exit their vehicle walk to the back of my car to read the license plate to see if it matched my parking pass on the dash. And so they wrote me a ticket to flex on me that I inconvenienced them. Also refresh my memory. Does North Carolina have front license plates now? No. Okay. Just checking. Just just, just checking. North Carolina does not require front license plates. Um, But it's, it's still not the funniest parking ticket I've received at a college. I also got a parking ticket at another four-year university in North Carolina that um, uses a blue color for their sports teams. And (laughs) that parking ticket, huh? It's the best blue color. Yeah, it's not my favorite blue color. Um, But that parking ticket told me that if I didn't pay the $7, 
they were going to withhold my diploma. Guess what? I had never paid. Wait a so, minute. That's, so this is a University whole of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. If you ever decide you want to give me an honorary doctorate, just give you a heads up. You can't give me my diploma because I refuse to pay my parking ticket. I was about to say, just like, did you go to the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill and kept that a secret, being the, the being the other uh, North Carolina team fan that you are? Because I'm a North Carolina fan. I was like, did, well, did, I have I have worked on machines on their campus before. They have a machine shop too. That's you a whole wanted other to go there school. You wanted to go. Uh, no, I actually, what I thought was hilarious is that they have a bunch of non-student, like almost retiree adults that that actually know what they're doing with the machines and the students aren't allowed to touch them. They just, that the students go in there and give their stuff that they need made to the, <laughs> to the competent adults to make their stuff for the students, which I think is hilarious. Matt, well, my, I remember back in the day when uh, my sister came to visit us when, back in North Carolina. So it was late nineties, early two thousands. And she said, and I took her around the base and she's like, yeah, the kid, you know, he's 18. 17, you know, point out, I was like, he's what? I was like, yeah, yeah, y'all let him do that? I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, we don't let, we don't let people under 25 use the copy machine. They'll break it. They'll do something stupid with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that's and, the University of North Carolina standpoint also. But, uh, yeah, so uh, in your hypermodeling adventures, you know, the Prius and I think the Prius and some other vehicles actually kind of build that game into the system with like dots and things. Yes. The kind of, Oh, the so, Ford had another option on the dash, which is like this vine with leaves on it. And when you accelerate, the leaves die they, and fall off. And when you drive correctly, the branch grow. grows more leaves. Yep. The only problem, with, we couldn't use that screen because from the back seat, my daughter was going, make the leaves fall off, make the leaves fall off. She has been affected by billisms, but uh, so yes. I, I so now you know why I drive sedans. Um, uh, I had a conversation with a guy at work, and he's like, "Man, you just hate trucks." I was like, "No, dude, I, I don't hate trucks. I grew up partially in Ellery, South Carolina. Everything had a bed. You know, seventy-five percent of the vehicles had beds. I mean, my first three vehicles that I claimed." all have beds that's not the reason i don't hate trucks that's not even even though you know he called trucks sexy i was like i don't understand this whole sexy thing did you just do that anyway um no trucks trucks are not trucks are not sexy but uh he's like so what what's your thing against trucks that's like they cost too much to buy they cost too much to maintain and they cost too much to drive as much as i drive that's like you know I drive around for for the bulk of my life as an adult. I drove around four kids to the football games, to the to school, to doctor's appointments, to work, and everywhere else we had to go. I was like, why would I do that the most inefficient way possible? They didn't pay, you know. They, right. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's why we wouldn't got a minivan. All of them had their own seat. Ooh. They couldn't they couldn't touch each other. And everything, and then I, the natural progression after that was, hey, go get a sedan, because you know, once upon a time, people used to put whole families in sedans, and they were okay. They didn't need a sixty thousand dollar SUV or, or, or minivan, or minivan, or, or minivan, just to move around one or two kids. You know, 
I had enough seats for everybody in my family. So that's what I did. But uh, yeah, man. Um, but that kid, he's looking at doing an EV truck. We'll, we'll talk about that one day. Um, but if you enjoy driving that, 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 uh, that car. I didn't, I never said I enjoyed it driving. I saw the look on your face. You enjoyed it. No. So it did get me thinking though, that I really wanted a, a coupe. I mean, if I'm going to have to commute around, why not just have something that's fun and have like a little two door, you know, midlife crisis coupe car. First of all, we're not midlife. Second of all, I have been telling you this for years so it made me it made me want to revisit some cars I want. I'm gonna show them to you. Oh, oh, there's there's the first one. Okay, we've talked about it on the car on the show before. It's uh, is that the same? Is that the same, same one? one? Same one. They still got it. Thirty three thousand dollars, basically. Acura Integra Type R JDM spec. All these are JDM. Okay. And okay. then there's there's this guy. Tremendous value. It's a prelude. It's a manual. It's a SI. I'll put links to these cars on the uh, in in the uh, in the show notes. Look at the price. It's twenty thousand dollars. That's how much things cost nowadays, man. It's it's crazy. But it's left hand drive with a manual, so it's mm-hmm. and it's only got fifty seven thousand miles on it. That is. That is actually really, really, really good. I like that. I yeah, like I that. like it. I like it a lot. And then there's this it, one. This is my third one. This is my favorite. Of course it's your favorite. Of course it's your favorite. Be- because Rally. Yeah. So it's a Toyota Celica, or if you're in England, a Celica. Um, a Celica. It's a GT4. It's JDM. It has 74,000 miles. It's got some gorgeous white wheels on it. It's got the big wing. It's got the big 90s exhaust can. Yeah. The only problem with these cars that you're showing me right now is I would want to drive it, but I wouldn't want to drive it as much as you drive. Unless you're not driving this for work purposes. Because you drive oh, like I drive it all three the time. billion. Yeah, you, you drive like three billion miles a year. And I would want to kind of preserve that. Unless you had a backup plan to, you know, hey, you know, keep everything going. With that, with the Celica, that was going to be kind of hard. Yes. Yeah, all but, three of those cars I would probably drive into the ground. I, I mean, yeah. realistically, for that purpose, the, the Prelude's probably the better buy because I'd feel less guilty about that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then, but the the thing, the car that you showed just now um, in the beginning is, is that, that, that TSX, you can do very similar things in both of those cars. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. Uh, um, I actually would go for the generation prior to that for that TSX because I just like that car better. Um, but uh, I do too. I think it's the better looking car. Because uh, when I was going through when I was going through my list, there were a couple of Honda cars that popped up, and the car that you might like to drive and all of this, this car that you did not show on your thing just now, which is probably maybe top 10 sleeper cars, modern sleeper cars, the Honda Accord Coupe V6. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. And you can still find them. They aren't so old that they aren't so old that you can't get parts to them no more. You can, right. you know. And that car is way bigger than most people think it is. And if you it did is. get it, it's the got full, a usable back seat in it. And if you got the if you got the V6, it's going to be faster. If you got the four banger, you're going to get better gas mileage. But the way the way you drive, you're going to have fun either way. So it doesn't matter. Agreed. You had fun driving around. We we, we had fun driving around a a red. What year was the Saturn? Nineteen ninety four. Ninety four Saturn. I was driving around a 91 Mercury Tracer. You was driving, what, the 90, well, the Jetta was a 99, right? This is 2002. Was it 2002? Yep, brand new. Oh, yeah, it was because you leased it. A 2002 TDI Jetta. Yep. And then I got a, I got a Ford Focus uh, that wasn't even an SVT. And I, I love that car. Today, to this day, that is probably still top two favorite cars I ever drove because I was driving around a beltway like I was crazy. I but, still wish I had my Jetta. I just wish it was a manual transmission. If it had a manual transmission, I would still own that Jetta. I would not have got rid of it. Actually, I'm going to send you a link. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to get off this story a little bit and we're going to talk about some new stuff. And while we're talking about some new stuff, I'm going to try to pull up something I saw yesterday and then I'm going to send it to you and it's going to it's it's gonna make you think some things, but anyway, while we were while we were out over the summer, you know, Bill uh, gallivanting all over everywhere, um, some new things happened. <clears throat> Excuse me, some new things happened, and one of these new things is we Stanley we, hit we puberty. Own. Apparently, listening to that yeah. voice crack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did that. Um, uh, one of the new things we agreed on synonymously that we needed to talk about. The problem is that there isn't that much information out about it. And that is the brand new, yeah, the Honda Civic uh, Type R. I, I, um, Honda, I know you're listening because you steal our ideas like everybody else steal our ideas because we have great ideas. Um, why would you debut a car and tell people nothing about it? Nothing. That makes no sense at all. None um, sense. But the things that we do know about it is that it's going to have a little over a little over 300 horsepower coming out of the same motor uh, based on obviously the new one. And it's supposed to be faster and it doesn't look as street boyish. So I like it. Yeah, let me ask you, for, what do you think about the, the design of it compared to the outgoing model or previous generations? I like, so with me being me, I... Uh, I like understated things. Yes. So the Honda Civic Type R from the last generation, the one that I wanted was the one that they sold in Europe without all the wings and crazy yes. stuff. So uh, I like this a little better. I I really do think the new Civic does look good. It looks way better than, I, you know, I, no, I'm not getting way better. It It looks really good. I don't like that big wing on the back. I think we could we can figure out something different with, with that. That's a, still a little bit too boring. It would be cool. Me. It would be cool with like a wing delete. This, this yeah. is my thing about Honda right now is I think they are really, I think Honda as a whole is afraid. As, this is where I'm going with this. I think Honda is scared. And when I say that, I mean, I think they are scared to build two good looking sedans at the same time because 
because the previous generation Civic looked like crap. It's way too uh-huh. angular and had too much going on. Way too busy. Bunch of fake okay. plastic vents on it. But the last generation Accord looked really good. Uh-huh. The, the new Accord, I just don't... It hadn't grown on me like I wanted it to. It still doesn't look as good as the last generation. Okay. To me. But the new Civic looks pretty good. So it, I think Honda's scared to make two good-looking sedans at the same time. So... That way, you know, they can like appeal to two different kinds of people. Like the kind of people that are like, I really want an ugly car to vape in. They can get an Accord now. <laughs> I, I thought the, I kind of opposite, kind of opposite of you. I thought the last, the, the current generation Accord looks. I think it's a handsome car. Uh, <laughs> well, you would because it looks just because it looks identical to a Dodge Challenger. So, of course, or Charger, <laughs> you would think that you yeah. like your Dodges and it's just a Dodge Charger. Because really, I mean, I like understated cars. I, I never liked flashy cars. I think I was telling the same kid that I talked to about that truck is, uh, you know, if, even if I had the money, I would never have an exotic car like that. Uh, I, I, I don't want that. I like they're pretty and they're cool for other people to have, but I, I, I just don't want it. It's, it's, it's not my style for lack of better terms. Right. Um, and I think, I think we kind of agree on that. I mean, we both, there are exotic cars that we like, Yeah, but there are not a lot of exotic cars we would actually own. Correct. Correct. I mean, be, be honest. Think, I mean, this is definitely not prompted and it might need to be a whole other episode, but what, What's the most exotic car you can think of that you really could see yourself enjoying owning and driving? Hmm. That's off the top of my head? Yeah. Probably the least flashiest exotic. And I'm a I'm a blur the line exotic. Uh, that's fine. I probably would too. 911 Turbo. Or 911 yeah. Carrera. Because it is special, but it, and you, when you see it, you know it's special, but it doesn't really jump out at you. You know what I mean? Well, it depends on what color it is, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I mean, if it's you know, neon if you, orange with green wheels, it might jump out at you a little bit, but, um, or that, yeah, that, that candy blue, Ooh, that's a bright gum blue. color. Yes. I, we see this dude driving from downtown Charleston all the time when we go take when we go pick up our daughter with that car. And every every time I turn my head, I've seen that car a hundred times. Every time I turn my head. But that's just because it's t- visible from space. It is. It is. But at the same time, I mean, there's a kid that's driving around here in a Fisker. That car stands out more. There's, well, that's a good point. The the the, the uh Corvettes, you know, people look at them and say, oh, man, that's a Ferrari. Well, non-car people look at them first. Oh, that's Thank a Ferrari. And then, and then they, really, you know, they realize the Corvette. But that car stands out. It catches your eye more. 911s are just good. <laughs> you know that's true. I mean? That's a good point. I mean, I was kind of going to lean that way, too. But I think probably the most, what I would consider to be exotic, because 911s, for all of their awesomeness, if you're not a supercar guy, they all look the same. There's not yeah. a lot of distinguishing features to the untrained eye to separate mm-hmm. a 911 Turbo from a Carrera 4S, right? 
like at yeah. 60 miles an hour going the opposite direction of you, not many people can go, that was a Carrera 4S or, Ooh, that was a Targa. You know, not many yeah. people know the differences. Um, yeah. and, and so to, to me, it, it kind of, it does blur the line of what exotic is. So I guess yeah. I have to agree with you on that. I would think for me, the most exotic car that I can think of that I would own and use would probably be something like a Lotus Elise or something. Or an Exige. Right, so the, the, the reason why I picked the, the Turbo is this, is actually is the same reason why I did, didn't pick the Lotus, the, those two Lotuses. is. People say 911, and it's like, oh, it's a 911. But when you hit 911 Turbo, it's like, oh, this one costs $50,000 more. And it was just a cost thing. For, okay. You know what I mean? But the least, oh, yeah, absolutely. If we're going to go down that much, I'll go back to the uh, Alfa Romeo 4C. You know? <laughs> the I'd, Alfa Romeo I'd, honestly, 4C. I'd have a Julia Quadrifoglia before I would have a 4C. I would, but a Julia Quadrifoglio. It looks like it's a, it doesn't look, but for, you know what? Yeah, Quadrifoglio without the carbon pack. People will never know what you drive it. They, they, don't, they don't realize that it is as fast as M3s and C, uh, AMG C, uh, C55s and stuff like that. Sure. And, but yeah. Well, wait just till you see the of, new one, though. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, now, if you get I've the, seen some pictures. That new one, boy. Woo. If you get the GTA or whatever they call it, that's the one with all the crazy wings and stuff on it. Now that car is going to stand out, but yeah. <laughs> but the, the but yeah, it's it's also the same reason I like the like Corvettes because you saw Corvettes uh, like especially like the C the C seven. It was it's a Corvette. Yep. It wasn't, but. It's almost like you saw enough of them that they wasn't that special no more. But you every time you knew it was special, kind of sure. But sure. it just it didn't just jump out like an NSX or something like that. Like because, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna mm. drive one of if you're gonna drive a car on a day, one of those kind of cars on a daily basis, the NSX it would probably would be one of the ways to go because, you know, Honda built that car or the or the or the uh, Audi. Oh gosh, the uh, R8. The R8. Because they built those cars to be able to live with, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, when you said that, I thought, man, I would own an NSX, but like an old one, not this new hybrid thing. I don't want a hybrid, but the the old one. You like, bought a hybrid okay. with the pop up headlights, dude. I'd have a pop up headlight oh, NSX all in a hard day long. All day long, they are sexier than the new one. But yeah. this, thank you. This type thank R, you for saying that. This type R type type S, hey, that thing. Hey, whew, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. I, you know. Well, let I me just say this car- about this Honda Civic Type R: is that it is the first Honda product I have really wanted in a long time. I can't. I mean, since like 1998, and I was vacuuming the dealership at night and was lusting over a a black. Civic HX because it had BMW looking wheels on it, you know, yeah. as a little two door. Like that was the last Honda Civic I really wanted, and mm-hmm. or Honda I really wanted. And now there's this one, you know. I mean, 
a couple of Accord Sports over the years, I've been like, man, that would be a cool car to have with a manual transmission. But this Civic, I really want this Civic. I so I I I um I I agree with you with a caveat. I don't want this car. I want the you want Acura, the Integra. Integra Type S with the same motor that I can live with on a, a better on a daily basis that won't have all these wings and stuff. Yeah, I I get that, but I actually but don't we want should that. we should both like I wanted the Acura. Get... Yeah, I wanted the Acura until this came out, and now I want this. I don't want the Acura anymore. I mean, I wouldn't be mad now. I'm not. I'm not kicking it out of bed for eating crackers. No, not that. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> but no, no, not at all, sir. No, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the podcast and you made it this far and you were thinking, "Gee, I wonder if they record in the South," Stanley just put that <laughs> notion to rest with <laughs> kicking her out of bed for eating crackers. What in the no. world? When last time you used that? Uh, me? I don't think I've ever used that statement before. I know you have. I don't know when, but I know you Not, have. But you why? don't know that. You are from the Carolinas, bro. You have said that before. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> Probably when we was playing the name game and we was talking about some actress that you pulled out of your butt oh and nobody knew. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't even bring up the name game. How many people um, do you teach that to on a yearly basis? At least two. At least two. Every that's, new person that we get, they, they get it to. That's probably where it. I'm at, too. Um, so, yeah, we agreed that we, we Honda should have told us more about this car. We liked the car, um, that uh, we would both drive the car. The crazy thing is they're probably going to want three times the amount of, for this car because the market. I'm just, I don't know. Um, so uh, Yeah, that's a whole conversation. The market and markups and dealerships, that's going to lead us into talking about some new stuff. So Ford officially announced two companies, right? Yep. That yep, came yes, out in yep. the last couple of weeks. Um, Ford Blue and Ford Mach-E. Mach, yeah, yeah Mach-E, just Ford right? E. Just Ford, Ford E. e. F- which if you say it fast enough, some rapper is going to call it Fordy, just so you know. But it's Ford already- E. But you didn't say the kicker out of bread for eating crackers line. Yeah, did you? But right. you just pulled that out your butt, right? That's yeah. Right. Uh, That's right. I'm not gonna. I'm not bleep that dog don't uh, hunt. You, oh my goodness! <laughs> Golly, you you were the dad joke guy tonight. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I've been telling people about that. I was like. Hey, with all this stuff that's going on, I like this plan that Ford is, uh, is going. They split their company officially, and the, you know the the best part about this is. He did a whole interview yeah, he and did. said it with his chest out. It's like, you know what we're going to do? We don't like what dealerships are doing, and how we're going to combat this is we're going to sell direct to customer. Now, Dude, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy cow, he is like swinging for the fences here. You know, and uh, I, again, I, I agree with the, the idea. I think it's a smart idea. I don't, I don't think it was an unwise decision. I think Ford will profit from it. I think the consumer will profit from it yep. um, because th- these markups have got to end. It's ridiculous. I understand I, your inventory is limited, but don't take it out on us. Yep. That absolutely. I, I mean, uh, I don't know if we talked about this because uh, we were, we know anyway. So there is currently a bill up in uh, a bill. Um, legislation being presented to both uh, the the uh, Senate and the Congress that 
would uh, yeah a tax break for dealers because of inventory because of their inventory. So what you're telling me is you get rid of half a year of salesmen, you get rid of a half a year dagger maintenance people, and you jack up the price of cars to the point where you're making almost double to triple of what you have been making because you are paying less people and you're making more off of, off of every off of every sale. And now on top of this, we're supposed to give you a tax break because you're hurting. Nah, son. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I I mean I tend to agree with that. I mean I understand they're bringing in less revenue because they're selling less new cars, but when any dealership with half of a brain has just doubled up on used car inventory. And are selling mm-hmm. those at record high prices. Prices, yep. You're uh, you're there's... still you're you're protecting your profit margin with the used vehicle, right? That's that you're hedging your bets with the used vehicle inventory if you're smart. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have a good used vehicle manager, that's on you. Um, because right now, used vehicles, you know, they they have they have as short a lifespan on a lot currently as new cars had five years ago. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and legitimately, you could say on a new, on a used car because, hey, I had to purchase this car in order to sell it. And this is how much they are, daggone. This is how much they're being purchased for, uh, you know, at wholesale, at, at the auctions and stuff. So this is why it costs more. That That's the thing. You can do that. But for you to take a car, a $35,000 car, or you know what? The car that we were just talking about, uh, uh, well, not really talking about, the the Maki, there was a there was a dealership. I was listening to Auto, Auto Line Network. There was a dealership that got reported in Cali that had a $51,000 markup on that car. It wasn't a Mach E. It was F one fifty Lightning. It was F one fifty. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, my yeah. bad. The the Mach E that had the gigantic markup was in New Jersey, and it okay. wasn't that high, but it was almost like thirty thousand dollar markup. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. That ridiculous. That's like, hey, don't tell me you're gonna. That's like, if you're gonna cheat me, I mean, be slick about it. Something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing slick about a fifty thousand dollar markup on a truck. I mean, that's just insane. Um, you know, and, and I feel really bad for the person who isn't educated and doesn't understand and pays that thinking that's the only way they're going to get a truck. And I I think, I think that this move by Ford is signs of things to come. I think, Mm -hmm. I think Chevrolet is going to do it. You know, if we, if we go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts about Chevrolet is going to use Cadillac, um, as an all electric brand, I think they also announced in the last couple of weeks that Buick is going to be mm-hmm. an all-electric brand. Yes, so this, I think those dealerships are going to lose. I think Chevy's probably going to go the same route. I think GM's going to look at Ford's model and do something similar because there's no way they're immune from it either. You know what I mean? It's it's happening everywhere. I, 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 uh, I hope that... Chevrolet does not go all electric. Uh, I don't think Chevrolet will, but, but I think I, they're going to have some all electric brands under their umbrella. Yeah, i.e. Corvette as a brand, you know, because <laughs> right. uh, there's room there. There are rumors out now about on on an electric Corvette, Corvette SUV or a sedan, SUV yeah. and sedan. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yep. And speaking of that, speaking of that, talking about Gen- General Motors doing something right and stealing an idea. So one of the vehicles that I want to break up, uh, bring up that came out while we were you know, gallivanting throughout the summer is the Blazer EV. Yeah. All right. So we were talking about dead car brands uh, uh, a, a while ago. And I was yep. like, I want Oldsmobile to come back. Yep. And, and I said, and this is how you do it. You get one common chassis. You offer three things. Do not change the wheelbase. Don't do anything. But this, so you cut down production variation. Make one of them, make the SUV all-wheel drive. Make the sedan uh, front-wheel drive. And make the, the coupe rear-wheel drive. This Blazer EV, one vehicle, does all of that. This hmm. thing is going to be available, and it's low trim as a front wheel drive vehicle, and it's middle and it's middle trim, and it's middle trim. I think it's an RS as a front wheel drive vehicle, a rear wheel drive vehicle, or an all wheel drive vehicle, and then it's high trim as a strictly all wheel drive vehicle. Interesting. One name, and with two different levels of motors and three different levels of battery. Hmm. Speak, speaking of electric SUVs, did you also see Ford's and announcement? Did you see Ford's announcement about the Bronco? Hmm. Don't say that. No, I didn't so, see that. So Ford announced that there will be a hybrid version of the Bronco as well as a full electric version of the Bronco. And what they what they revealed was one of the things that held up uh, development and production and release of the current Bronco is that they have already built into that vehicle's chassis the necessary design elements to support a hybrid or an all-electric drivetrain. So yeah. they don't have to modify anything. It's already ready. So that also means that they can get an electric or a hybrid version of the Ranger on sale quicker, as well as the new um, Everest SUV that's coming. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, I did not hear that, that they was going to do the EV Bronco. I did know that, because it's the same trick that they're using with the F-150 Lightning, right? Yes, um, platform uh, sharing. And the, and the Everest is going to be a direct competitor to the Blazer SUV. The Bronco and the Blazer, not competitors, but the Everest and the Blazer will be competitors. All right. So I I don't, well, we're not going to get to Everest. So it's going to have. Yes, we are. Oh, we never got to Everest before. We got to look at that. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to have, yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up. I don't think we're going to get to Everest. Want to put a Mountain Dew bet on it? None of us drink Mountain Dew no more. But. <laughs> <laughs> I never did. I never did. That see, that was always your bad. Uh, that was always a uh, 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 negative about you. Speaking of Ford, what do you think about the uh, Maverick trimmer? Um, they'll sell them. That's what I think. They're gonna sell every one of them because they sell every one of them now too. <laughs> but when I saw that, when you had your Jeep uh, Renegade. The the things that they're doing to this trimmer are almost the exact same things that you did. To <laughs> give it an inch more ground, give it an inch more yep. ground clearance. Yeah, and you know, 
and call it something. Well, actually, they gave it a different all-wheel drive system too. But you know, you couldn't have did that. But you could, you would have if you could have. But <laughs> but yeah, there they're gonna sell everyone on there that, that that they make. Did you? Uh, what about the Raptor R? Yeah, I think the Raptor R is pretty sweet. Um, I'm glad they've got a V8 coming. Um, you know, people have been asking for it for five years, so that's about Ford's schedule to deliver on something. What about the horsepower of Dumbo on the Raptor R? You know what? It's it's all just a numbers game, right? But It absolutely but is. But it's also just how it's being used and its performance abilities. I don't yep. care if the, because now that the Raptors, I mean, you know, Dodge has had some TRX, like, ultimate truck in the background just waiting with yep. the, you know, demon motor in it that's 804 horsepower, and they were just waiting for Ford to make this announcement, and then sometime next week, they're going to be like, oh, by the way, here's our truck. You know, that, that I mean... That's fine, but let's put them both on the dirt and put them up against each other and see which one's better. That, To me, that's a better testimony of what's happening than the number of horsepower under the hood. I agree with you. I think the Raptor R is going to be faster because it's a lot lighter. I, from a, the marketing director pulled all his hair out. I'm just letting you know. It was like, <laughs> you mean to tell me you had five years or uh, uh, you knew what this Ram had, and you couldn't get me five more horsepower. Man, give me a can in air filter or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That's it. I mean, seriously, it's like we couldn't beat them. Look, the number is they look. We knew what the number was. We you gonna take two hard two horsepower shy? Two? Come on, man. <laughs> I almost I think like, they did it on purpose. Like we don't need that two horsepower. We're gonna do it without yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then uh, I guess the last, not the last thing that caught my eye, but the last thing I want to bring up to you because I really do think this. I got a uh, unexpected pleasant reaction from my wife when I showed her this, and you may not have seen it, so I I might need to pull it up. Uh, what do you think about the Toyota Crown? I'm looking at it right now. All right, cool. So. I showed I, I'm wife. curious to see it in person because it's very hard for me to wrap my head around how big my brain thinks it is versus how big the pictures make it look like it is. Well, because that's car, one of the issues I had with like the Kia EV6 and the uh -huh. Hyundai Ionic 5 is that they're not as big in person as I thought they were going to be, which makes them look better like the size that they are in lo in real life helps their case you know what i mean um uh -huh. so it, the crown to me looks like it's going to be a, a decent sized car like not gigantic wannabe suv raised belt line sedan because that's really what it at the end of the day that's what it is uh -huh. um but i don't know i i can't make a decision on it yet I'm, well this I'm, car is supposed to i'm still waiting to see this car is, I I suspect, and the way people are talking about it, is this car is bigger than the Camry. It is Avalon size. This car is replacing the Avalon. And see, if that's the case, 
that that fits in with what my brain wants it to be because that's what yeah. the, the actual Toyota Crown was, right? Right. Well, the Avalon was kind of different, but yeah, they kind of filled the same spot, similar spots, you know. But uh, so my wife likes this because you know the whole crossover SUV thing. She she wants one, kind of, in my opinion, kind of because every she's never had one. She always kind of wanted one, and you know she see everybody else with it because you know that's how people are. But really, I mean, if she she likes driving the sedan, so if she can get the ride height or the hip height of this seat, and still have a sedan that she's comfortable in driving, she'll be fine. And she, and on top of it, she looked at it and she's like, "Oh, I kind of like that," which surprised me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and she, I, uh, I'm, yeah, she my, always kind of liked the Avalon too. So, well, yeah, I've yeah. always liked the Avalon, except for the TRD version. But, but I always liked the Avalon. Oh, um, I saw one the other day too. The TRD Avalon. Yep. Was he, was he? Did he have his helmet on? Like he just came from the track, or was he? No, or, no, no. He did. No, it was a. It was a dude that looked like. Um, he was. He was a. Uh, obviously older than we are and then um uh, but mm-hmm. he, he, just driving it like it was an avalon and then i think uh um uh, maybe maybe sunday i saw a dude driving a trd camry yep yeah, yeah i mean so. the trd camry is not as bad the trd avalon is like irony on wheels hey yeah. let's let's talk about a car that i don't know how you haven't brought up well, I wanted to talk about things that I know that you've kind of seen. So go ahead. Which which really is really two cars, but to me, only one's really truly important to me. Go ahead. The Hyundai Envision 74. Mm-hmm. Is that not the coolest freaking car? I hate the drivetrain. I don't want nothing to do with it, but I want the car. You, it is the best uh, looking car. Every car company should have made a car like this already. And the fact that they haven't is ridiculous. This is like, to me, it's an emotional successor to like a 240SX, you know, or Sylvia. Like this, why has somebody not built this car already? First of all, that car is beautiful. Second of all, we have just established that you like hybrids now. Um, <laughs> no, I want nothing to do with this hydrogen hybrid garbage. Look, look, look. I can deal with it for that car. I don't know how they made arrow wheels look that cool. I have no idea. They look awesome. I I don't know how you made a regular circle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I that may be the only circle on that whole car. <laughs> well, that's why it looks cool. Um, yeah, man, that car that car is awesome. Um, I knew you would like it. I wanted to kind of see if he was going to bring it up. That car, remember, I showed you the pictures of the the Hyundai Pony when it yes. when they did that concept car. Yes, and you liked it so much. Yes, and I was like, oh, this is just like like that car steroids, you know. So, but, so what do you think about the RN twenty two E? Um, the RN22E, um, I think that is a preview. Ooh, I thought the same thing. I don't like it. 
Why not? I just don't like it. I don't like the styling of it. It's too egg-shaped. Now, that being said, the RM20E, that's my jam. I can get down with that because that's an actual hatchback that's not pretending to be an SUV. I I mean, so the reason why I said the RM20, whatever, all these daggone weird things. That's a preview. <laughs> that is the preview for the Dago uh, Ionic Six uh, in in you know. Uh, uh-uh. it's the Ionic Five. I think it's gonna be a different number. No, nah, the the Ionic Five is already a thing. That 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 sedan is gonna be called the Ionic Six. Oh, really? So you think that's the six? Yeah, that's the six. Okay. I don't. So know. I don't the... know my. I don't know my Hyundai's. I'll I'll trust you. Uh, yeah. Lead on me for this one. Just believe me on this one. That car is the the Ionic Six in it hyped up a little bit because obviously it's not going to get the mirrors, and it doesn't need all of that air in in it. But uh, but uh, you've seen the I the Ionic Six, right? Google yes. it. Yeah, I already I saw somebody put some pictures or something or video of it up. But but the RM twenty E. I mean that that's an electric car I can get behind. It's an actual hatchback and it's electric. And it has eight hundred hmm. horsepower. You are weird. Well, I kinda knew that already. But that car that car has been around for a minute, not necessarily in the electrified form. But uh, they built that's what the I version like about of it. They built that version of that car with the the in the Hyundai in motor sitting over Mid-engine. the back wheels. Yeah, 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 that's the nineteen M. Yeah, I, I like M, it. I mean, M nineteen or whatever. But at the end of the day, the N seventy four Vision or whatever, that's the cool one. That's the one. That's my favorite. All right. All right. So, seeing how we've been on here for two hours, I'm going to cool. ask you this 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 question, which is uh. It talks about one of our favorite car companies versus one of our not favorite car companies. Okay. Smart cars. Are they coming back? Yes. Actually, I think they are, but that's not the question. Did you see that Porsche beat uh, Rivian? Not Rivian. Oh, gosh. Tesla on the Nuremberg beat that record? Yes, by like one second or something ridiculous. You know what I did when I saw that? You jumped up in the air and cheered? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. I don't want Tesla to win anything. No. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, dude, Not I'm telling all. you. Hey, listen, let's, let, me, let me ask you this. I know we're way over time, but what do you think is going to happen with electric cars and raw material prices for battery production? Do you think everybody's going to go the route of Ford and go with these other kind of batteries that are these like what are they called? IFPs or whatever. Mm-hmm. These, these other non that don't use the cobalt in them. Cause like, it sounds like if you're making a Tesla battery right now, your prices have basically doubled. Yes. And they're so, not expected to get any better. All right. So this is the thing. Um, this is the thing. And I, I almost can't believe of all the bad things I've said about GM, I have haven't said a bad thing about them on this podcast this is 
Remember when we were talking about the 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 Lightning, uh, the F one fifty Lightning versus the the Dagon Silverado EV, and I said that the 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 Silverado is the better EV truck, but the second yeah. generation Ford Lightning was going to be better. Yeah. So the one of the reasons I said that is because I knew this: those battery packs and that Altium Dagon thing, that chassis is designed. To be able to change battery battery chemistry, they can almost mix and match battery chemistry in the same at the same time in the same chassis. And Mari Barr, the the CEO of Dagon uh, General Motors, she has already said that that's what they're doing. It's like we are not, yeah. It's like we are not going to play this this Tesla game. We're not going to be behind anymore. We're going to be we're going to be at the forefront of all this stuff. And um, I kind of like the fact that Ford and Jim are leading the way in some ways at, in the car industry again. It's like I the the F-150 Lightning is, is gonna is awesome. I think the the Silverado EV is gonna be awesome. You may not like the style a little bit. I think they're gonna nope. be on the cutting that uh, I think they're gonna be on the cutting edge of technology. But but then again, we've never had to like how something looked in order to appreciate it. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> But I think, to be honest, I think the uh, the the Sierra EV is going to be the better truck over the Silverado EV because I don't think I think they're going to get rid of some of that styling. But anyway, they haven't they haven't officially said they're going to do that. But any anywho, but yeah, the Altium the Altium uh, platform is designed to be able to move to a different battery chemistries and different kinds of battery pack because instead of it just being one battery pack, it's like it's 12 different modules. I think in the in the in the in the truck it's going to be 12 different modules. So six on each side and you literally can take them out the truck. Uh, uh take them out of the chassis and swap them out if you need to. Interesting. I right, I send I'll show you the video and it's like the battery and you know how Tesla has all their battery packs look like a bunch of uh AA batteries, right? Yes. And, these are flat sheets. I'll send you the picture. You'll see it. Yeah, you have to or send Google. it to me so I can see it. Yeah, send it to me so you can see it. Hey, on a on a completely non EV related piece of information, back during the week of the fourth, as we were leaving the beach, um, I had a little stoplight drag race with um, a car that didn't know they were drag racing me, so I won. Um, but it was a um, it was a Mercedes G55 AMG um, G-Wagon. And um, the lady driving was completely oblivious that we were racing until I was an entire car in front of her. And then she realized she we were racing and she couldn't make up the gap. Um, but she tried, but she just couldn't quite do it. And Kendra said when we passed it and saw it, her remark was, ooh, that's a good looking SUV. I just didn't say anything about it. I just let it go. We've now seen three more of them on three different occasions since the week of the fourth. And every time we've seen one, she said, you know, I really like that SUV. What is that? That's nice. Hmm. Hmm. And I've started telling her the price of them. She doesn't like them as much now that she knows how much they cost. But she mm. likes the way they look. 
are, are you are you greasing the skids in order to acquire? No, no. Listen, we went to um we went to the Virgin Islands and I drove a Jeep for the week, and she said this thing's pretty fun. And I said, well, you know, once we get the LS in the in the eighty series, um, which that's a whole other thing. I almost bought a second eighty series today on bring a trailer, but I got outbid. Um, and it was, it wound up going for seven grand and I didn't want to buy two $7,000, um, LXs that don't really run just to make one that does. So I, I just let it go, but I almost bought it. it. It had a moment of weakness. And, um, anyway, um, I said, you know, once we get the, the 80 series LS swapped, which I have an update on that as well. We, we are, um, We we officially have six more vehicles, seven more vehicles in front of us um, on the wait list. So if you count the three that are in the shop being built right now um, as one, two, and three, then we, we are number 11. So there are seven more before us before we can get in there. So it may be within the next, I don't know, eight or nine months you know, we might be in the shop. So we're, we're making some ground. They're starting to get some crate engines again. There was a huge gap in there where they just couldn't get an engine. Anywho, um, I said, you know, once we get that done, maybe we could just get you like a little two door Jeep or a Bronco. And so then that led me down the rabbit hole of like price checking a two door, um, Wrangler or Bronco. And I was like, well, I should probably also, price check a two-door defender um 90 and so i put that on the list too and then after i looked at all three of them i said okay just for the fun of it i'm gonna put a four-door on the list so i went and built a trd um not the pro but like next to it um forerunner with four doors and it was the cheapest by like $11,000 of the four vehicles. So when I told Kendra all of that, she said, well, you should have known better. She said, you know, I don't want a two-door Bronco or a two-door Wrangler or a two-door <laughs> Defender. And I was like, you don't? And she's like, not unless it's an old one. See, she can't be saying things like that to you. I think she should. She knows. she knows what she's doing. This is a power play. She's Jedi mind tricking you to get to get the thing that she wants. By yeah, yeah, I think this is she it. She wants uh, an old Bronco, is what she wants. She wants a first gen Bronco. That's what she really wants. Oh crap! See, I keep saying that I'm gonna not say nothing else. But did you see that thing with with the battery I just showed you? Yes. What do you think about that? She might would go for one of those retro looking Broncos with the white grill and the white roof. I don't know why yeah. they waited so long to do it. That's what I thought I was going to be able to order when I first put my order in. That's what I wanted. It, it, I, I I can't even look at those. It makes me mad. All right, we got to get well, off this podcast. We're at like nine. We do hours. need to get off this podcast. We we do need to get off this podcast. And I told you they're listening to us, man. They're listening to us. Well, they that's know. for sure. I mean, that's that's a definite. You know, Jalopnik like rebranded another one of our ideas into an article um like last week or the week before so they're definitely listening to us hey jalopnik hey jalopnik just come be on the show 
Just come be on the yeah. show. We'll, we'll interview Let you. us be on one of your shows or something. Yeah, that's know? right. Well, I, I can be interviewed or Stanley can be interviewed. Yeah. And Bill will drive things really fast. That's exactly right. <laughs> but anyway, man, I love you, dude. Uh, we'll do this again in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be hunting for a hybrid sedan for you. No, you're not. Don't even bother. No. Next week, you got to find, or next episode, you got to find an investment car for under 30K. Oh, I, I have time to do both. Hmm. I don't need you to do both. But I love you. I love you too. Night, Bill. Later.